But today we're going to talk about dreams, and we're going to start talking about sleep dreams. Did you know, how many of you know this song? Yesterday, all my troubles seemed so, now it looks as though they're Oh, I believe in yesterday, suddenly. Wow, that was an Eric right there. Uh, You know that song? He dreamt that. Paul McCartney in 1965 had a dream, and that song was the result of it. I want to have dreams like that. That's a beautiful song. Um, One guy dreamt about getting stabbed and invented the needle for the sewing machine. (laughs) You can see how that would happen. Um, the structure of the atom was, was in a dream by a guy named Niels Bohr. The periodic table by Dmitry Mendel, Mendeleev. Mendeleev. The, um, the guy who invented uh, insulin to be used for diabetes came up with that in a dream. Isn't that crazy? Um, how many golfers? Any golfers? You can admit it. It's okay. <laughs> Most of the golfers are... You know, you'd you'd like to improve your swing, right? Jack Nicholas had a dream that something, he saw something in a dream and it radically changed his golf swing and propelled him into greatness in the golf world. Isn't that crazy? Uh, Several movies were dreamt. James Cameron dreamt The Terminator. The Terminator, right? How many of you remember the movie Inception? That was, a, that was a, dream, a dreamt up movie. Mary Shelley dreamt up Frankenstein, which I think was probably a nightmare. Everyone's favorite, Twilight. <laughs> Stephanie Meyer had a dream and came up with the concept for Twilight. Um, Einstein dreamt about electrocuting cows and created the theory of relativity. That's, I mean, you can see. A scientist dreamt of snakes and discovered benzene, which is used ubiquitously in all kinds of different uh, substances and and purposes. So it's crazy. You can have dreams and actually come up with ideas. So don't dismiss your dreams. Don't dismiss the things that you have in your dreams. I had a friend in college who had a little uh, voice recorder. I guess you can do this on your smartphone now. But anytime he would wake up in the middle of the night, he would record his dreams and then he would wake up in the morning and then he would listen back. And because he said he had no recollection when he would wake up in the morning, he would have no recollection of having had a dream except that he had this voice recording of it. Isn't that, isn't that wise? I think that's really cool. I think we discount our dreams so much of the time because a lot of times we do, we, you know, we just have like a pizza dream, you know, and, and, and it's just, it's just like, you ate too much the night before and, you know, you have indigestion. But sometimes I believe, as it says in Numbers twelve six, it says, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions, which are waking dreams, and I speak to them in dreams. I, the Lord, speak to them in dreams. So I think it's so important for us to take seriously when we have a dream and to question, is this dream from the Lord. I said earlier, you know, in the Old Testament, the Lord used dreams a lot, excuse me, because we didn't have the Holy Spirit or the written word. I mean, they had uh, the Hebrew scriptures, but in the New Testament, he used dreams very frequently. Also, he warned uh, Pilate through his wife. She was like, 
do not convict this guy, Jesus. He is innocent. Have nothing to do with him. I mean, this, is, this came to her in a dream. And we also have dreams of warning sometimes. You know, you might have a dream and you think, you know, a business deal that you're going to do or something. And, and it, might, it might actually be a warning from the Holy Spirit. Who knows? I mean, it's, there's, there's so much nebulous thought on dreams because it's so hard to pin anything down. Most of the time, my, my nightmares or my stressful dreams are usually like I'll wake up late on a Sunday morning and then I'll walk in here and there'll be like a circus or something, <laughs> you know, clowns. <clears throat> That's a nightmare. <clears throat> Excuse me. But God still uses dreams today. How many of you have heard stories of People in Muslim countries who have never heard of Jesus Christ, they've never heard, heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died and was resurrected to save them from their sins. And Muslims have dreams, and Jesus reveals himself to them, and they end up becoming Christians, which is pun- punishable by death in their culture. God still uses dreams. He still speaks to us. And in the New Testament, one of the main guys that is kind of known for dreams is the guy Joseph. Remember Joseph? He was engaged to be married to the Virgin Mary. Emphasis on virgin. She had never been with a man. And so Joseph, it says he was a good and godly man. He was a righteous man. And it said that because he found out that she was pregnant, he didn't want to embarrass her. She, he didn't want to humiliate her, so he was just going to quietly divorce her without making a big deal out of it. And it says in Matthew one twenty, it says, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus for he will save people from their sins. That's a superpower right there. We do not have the ability to save ourselves. We cannot save ourselves from our sins. We cannot. You know, I think a lot of times when we have dreams, as I mentioned earlier, I think we discount them or we dismiss them. But I remember shortly after my husband Eric died, I had a dream and he and I were just standing there folding socks, because he was a sock fanatic. It was like an obsession with him. And so we were standing there folding socks. And all of a sudden, he just looked at me. And he said, I'm so much happier where I am right now. And then just little by little, he just started to kind of disappear. And, you know, some people accused me of, you know, that that was necromancy, which the Bible clearly denounces. Um, But for me, it was a gift. It was a gift from the Lord. Now, we don't seek out talking to the dead. We don't communicate with the dead. But for me to have a gift where I really believe that the Lord wanted to comfort me through that, it it was beautiful. And I believe that the Lord still speaks to us through dreams. He speaks to us as we sleep, but then I also believe that God places dreams within our hearts and he gives us dreams when we're conscious. 
Now, it's a different kind of dream. This is talking more about aspirations and goal and mission and vision and purpose and all these things. And it says in Psalm 126, I love this passage. This passage gives me so much hope. It says, when the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. He's talking about when those who were in bondage and those who were slaves were brought back to the city of God. They were brought back to the freedom. They were brought back to the Lord. It says it was like a dream. It says we were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. And the other nations said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. And I believe that today, There are those of you who have a sense of purpose and calling and you've had dreams that have been diminished and life has stripped them away from you. And I believe the Lord Jesus who of of him it is said he is the resurrection and the life. I believe Jesus wants to resurrect those dreams that he placed within your heart. He wants to bring those dreams back and not let life tear them away from you so that it can be said of you, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. What amazing things, what joy. So I want you to think right now. What is your dream? What are some dreams that you have? I want you to think about this. What do you dream about? You know what, I say, what I'm saying when I say the word dream? I'm not talking about dreams at night now. I'm talking about what is, what is in your heart? What do you long for? Okay, now let me ask you the second question. If those dreams were to come true, who would benefit from it? Would it just be just you? You know, you hear about the people that they're like, my dream is to drive a Ferrari. Now, if you drive a Ferrari, I, I'm not, I want to ride, but I'm not getting down on you. <laughs> I would like to just one time ride in a Ferrari. But I don't care about owning a Ferrari. I mean, but you think about that. If that's a person's goal, that's their dream, to own a Ferrari. Really? You know, It's been said that there are only two things that are eternal. God's word, the Bible, and God's people. So we should spend our lives putting God's word into God's people. That is a life of purpose. That is a life of mission. That is a life that will go on long after you're buried. That is a life of purpose and of mission. So I want to ask you, if your dream were to come true, who would benefit from it? Would it just be you and maybe your family? You know, I used to work at a really upscale resort with very wealthy people, and they were so unhappy because I think they thought their whole lives that they were going to get rich. And it says says, um, in Proverbs 24, 4, it says, don't wear yourselves out to get rich. Don't trust in your own cleverness. And I think that for these people, it was like they tried so hard to have stuff. And I just tell you right now, save you time, there is nothing 
about wealth or money or anything that you can put within you. If you are an empty person, you can surround yourself with stuff and money and the comforts of this world, but that will never satisfy the yearnings of your heart. I promise you that. And it says in Ecclesiastes 5.3, it says, too much activity gives you restless dreams. How many of you know that is true? Where you're just stressing and striving and trying to get all these things. And it's like you have these restless dreams, these stressful dreams. It says too many words make you a fool. And again, if your dreams and your vision and your purpose and your mission is only self-centered, if it's only going to benefit you, I promise you, it is a dead-end street. You will never be fulfilled. You will never be satisfied. You will never be happy or filled with joy if your vision and your dream and your mission and your purpose is just about you. It just does not work that way. We were actually created not only to serve our maker and to be fulfilled in serving our maker because he created us with the superpower to serve him. And also we were created to serve others. We were not created to be takers. We were actually created to be conduits, to give to others. And and there have been studies done about generosity and about giving and people that give. I mean, there are actually like chemical reactions that take place. You know, you've heard of the old, uh, you're in the drive-thru at Starbucks or if you're opposed to Starbucks, Beans and Brews or if you're opposed to them, the Rose Establishment. I don't know, but where you pay for the person behind you or, you know, the, that whole thing, they say there's actually like a chemical reaction that, that gives you like a kind of a high from giving. The Bible says it is better to give than to receive. So again, I want to ask you, is your dream only about you? Because if it is, I'm sorry to say this, but even if it is fulfilled, even if it comes true, it will not satisfy. <clears throat> we have to have realistic dreams. Proverbs 17, 24. Sensible people keep their eyes glued on wisdom. That's actually wisdom. And it's, and you know, Jesus is referred to as wisdom. Jesus is wisdom. If we have our eyes focused on wisdom and on learning the wisdom of God and learning the wisdom of the one who created us, it says, a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. But if your eyes are focused on wisdom, it's, you will be sensible. It means you will have common sense. It means it's logical to have your eyes focused on the one who created you and the one who made you for a reason. See, I believe that there, there are many people here and, and you don't really believe that. You don't really believe that you were created for a reason. You're just kind of getting through life. Just kind of coasting. And I'm here to tell you, don't believe that. You were created for something unique. Something that only you can do. No one else can do it. You know, I go to Vasa Fitness in Riverton and they have this little thing there and it says, um, there's a little sign and it says, did you meet your 2017 fitness goals? And then it's got the faces, you know, the happy face and then the kind of happy face and then the, you know, the four different faces and you're supposed to push the button. I always push the button and uh, the button that with the happy face and I always tell them, 
I reached my fitness goals for 2017. And they go, really? What were they? And I'm like, to stay alive. (laughs) My theory is keep the bar low and you will always succeed. No, it's not really. But I think too many of us dream these really small dreams. You know, just dreams to just get through the day or just survive or just, you know, whatever it happens to be. And I'm here to tell you, God wants to infuse you with a purpose and with an eternal perspective that, that he wants to see happen. It says um, in Proverbs thirteen twelve, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And people always quote that. Hope deferred makes the heart sick because it's so true. So many of us have sick hearts because our hope has been deferred. It says, but, read this with me. Is it up there? But read this. It says, a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. The dream for which you were created, the purpose for which you were created in its fulfillment, will not only serve others and reach others, but it will also bring satisfaction to you. But we have to be, in some ways, we have to be willing to pay the price. You know, too many of us want the dream, but we're not, like with my fitness goals, you know, it's like, you have to be willing to pay the price. You have to be willing to, to give up and sacrifice certain things. Jesus' requirement, your entire life. That's what he calls. You know, I think there's this little message that's going around that, oh, Jesus loves you so much, and he just, he just wants to make you happy, and he just wants to give you joy and hope and peace, which is true. But he also calls those who are truly his disciples to come and die, to lose their life for his sake and for his purposes. And I can tell you, as someone who searched and searched and searched everywhere else, only Jesus brings that fulfillment and only his purposes are going to bring that fulfillment to your soul. Your, your dreams, your boring dreams, your dreams of just getting through the day or just surviving, those aren't even dreams. Those are just, I mean, God has so much more for you. He has so much more, but it takes courage to believe that. Like I said, I think, I think, you know, the world has stripped us of our dreams. It's stripped us of the hope that God has, in fact, created us for something more. Even think about Joseph. He had to make the choice to believe in his dream. He had to make the choice to believe that Mary really was innocent And that she didn't step out on him. He had to make a choice to believe that. And we too have got to step out of our comfort zone and do something a little bit different. You know, a couple months ago, my pastor was here and he said that he believed we were in a season of change here at the adventure. How many of you can sense that? And he said he believed that we were supposed to do something different. He said, each and every one of us is supposed to make some kind of a little change. For some of you, I believe that your change is, is enormous. You know, for some of you, it, it's to quit drinking or to stop your illicit affair 
or to stop looking at porn or to stop cheating on your taxes. You know, for some of you, it's, it's, it's a bigger thing and the implications are greater, but for some of you, it's a, it's a small thing. You know, it's get up 15 minutes earlier and, and read <clears throat> one chapter out of the Bible. You know, but I believe God is calling us to a change. And we're going to start a new series in January called All Things New, Remodeling Our Lives. And we're going to talk about all the different aspects of our lives where God wants to bring us into a sense of purpose and fulfillment and freedom. And I think there are so many things in our lives that are so unfulfilling and so um, they they are so stressful and so um, just so dead. And Jesus wants to be the life. He wants to breathe his life in. But we need to be willing to pay the price, whatever that happens to be. You know, there was um, the, one of the greatest piano players of all time was Vladimir Horowitz. And he had done a concert and this woman came up to him and she grabbed his hand and she said... Vladimir, I would give anything to play the piano as you do. And he said, no, you wouldn't. And she said, what do you mean? And he said, I did give everything to play the piano like this. He was willing to pay that price. And in some ways, those of us who call ourselves disciples of Christ or Christians or, or who are seeking after God, he is calling us to lose our lives for his sake so that we can be fulfilled, that our purpose and our plans can be fulfilled. You know, he gave us that dream years ago. When um, my family, we were living in the Silicon Valley. We were completely content there. We loved living there. My husband had a great job. We had a great church family, great friends. But he put it on our hearts to move to Utah And we had three families, the Lees, the Carters, and the Kawamuras, and they all moved with us. And God told us he was sending us to Utah to see this state set free from the spirit of religion. That he sent us here to see people delivered and set free to walk with Jesus and to find their purpose. And that is still what drives us today. Our vision is to see your vision fulfilled, to see that thing, that superpower, that purpose and that mission and that vision and that dream that God has placed within you, to see that fulfilled to the glory of God. To see a vision that is so much bigger than what you think. Because if, if what you're dreaming can happen through your strength, your dream's not big enough. You need, to, you need to have a God-sized dream. And what I mean by that is a dream that only God could fulfill through you. That if you can do it on your own, then it's not a God-sized dream. The Lord has a God-sized dream, dream for every single one of you here. Each and every one of you. And it's awesome. And that is a dream that, that God wants to be fulfilled in you. And I sincerely believe that I am going to live to see the state of Utah one for Christ, one for Jesus. Amen. Yeah, you can applaud that. That's cool. Actually, uh, Pete, the the guy that he's back there, but he plays the guitar up here. He and I had a joke that, you know, uh, because I said, I really believe the Lord spoke to me that I'm going to live to see Utah set free for Christ. And, 
and our joke is that I'm going to be like 120 years old. You just finish and die. <laughs> but it says in the Bible that we have received freely, so we should freely give. And Psalm 37 forces, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. That means that if you take your delight in him, if you lose your life for the sake of the kingdom of God, that God will give you desires that can be fulfilled only through him and they will be eternal. And it says, commit everything to the, everything you do to the Lord, trust him. And what does it say? Oh, trust him and he will help you. I mean, I have a hard time thinking that the God of the universe, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the creator cares if you drive a Ferrari or not. (laughs) No offense. But it's hard for me to imagine that that's the dream. That's the best God has for you. And, And again, I have nothing against Ferraris. But I'm just saying, God has such a deep and a profound purpose for your life. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what your station in life is. The only thing, <clears throat> excuse me, the only thing that matters is have you received the forgiveness that Jesus offered on the cross? Because that is the only thing that, that can separate you from your maker is if you haven't received his forgiveness because he's freely offering it. He's freely offering it. And the thing about Jesus that is so amazing to me is that, you know, the Israelites yearned for the Messiah. They cried out for the Messiah and they assumed when Messiah comes, he's going to come on a horse and he's going to take over the world and he's going to be this all-powerful, which he was, which he could have done. But instead... He chose to come in the form of a helpless, newborn baby who couldn't even change his own diaper. The king of the universe came in the form of a baby, but you know what's even more amazing to me? Is that he came to a manger, to a stable, How many of you have ever been in a stable, horse stable, or pig stall, or cattle? Do you know what's in there? Poop. And so I, Jesus came to this place where there was a lot of poop. Okay? It's true. And I believe that the Lord showed me that there are going to be people here today and you think I have too much of that in my life right now. And I want to tell you right now from the spirit of the living God, you are not defined by your shame. You are not defined by your sin. Jesus does not look at you and think, oh, there's that, you know, whatever swindler or gossip or whatever. You know, he doesn't look at you like that. He doesn't look at me and think, oh, there's that. I'm not going to confess my sin. (laughs) It's embarrassing. No. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? God does not look at you and, and, and look at you and think, ugh, you are so disgusting to me. 
You see, the thing is, he is a God of love and, and he is not a God who stands off and goes, get your act together and then we'll talk. Clean up yourself first. Then maybe, maybe if you've done enough, then maybe I'll accept you. That's not how he is. Instead, it says that he is a God who stooped down and said, I love you. I want to set you free. I want to clean you up. I want to give you hope. That is the character of our Messiah, the one who came to save us from our sins. And you know, we look at the world now and we're like, oh, it's so hopeless. I mean, all the things that are happening, but you know, I believe these things are all in preparation for the return of Jesus Christ. And I believe he is coming back soon. I believe Jesus is coming back soon. And all of these things that are happening, I believe the Lord is setting these things up so that we as believers in Jesus Christ, as disciples of Jesus can carry the light, the true light of the glory of God to a dark world, a hopeless world. I believe that Jesus is coming back soon. And he says, it says in Acts 2.17, it says in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your daughters and your sons will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. God wants to give us the gift of his Holy Spirit. God does not create people to live lives of mediocrity. I do not believe that. I believe that You know how every one of the snowflakes is completely unique and individual? How much more effort do you think God put in us as people who carry his glory? How much more do you think he wants each and every one of us to shine in the gifts that he has called us to? And they're not all going to look the same. And that's the cool thing. See, what religion does is religion says you all need to look like this and you all need to do this. But what the Bible says is there are every different kind of gift. And each person is uniquely designed with a, a mixture of these different gifts. It's just a matter of discovering what those gifts are and walking in those gifts and receiving it. A gift is no good if you don't open it. I mean, how would you like it this Christmas? Let's imagine how many hours you spent picking out that gift, shopping for that gift, pressing one click or whatever you do, wrapping it all up, and you give it to someone, and they're like, "Mm, no thanks. Think about that. And yet, there are some of you here that are doing that to God. He's saying, I I have gifts for you. I have forgiveness for you. I do not define you by your shame. I have a calling for you. I have a purpose for you. I have freedom for you. I have joy and hope and peace and all those things that go with it. But you're just like, "Eh." And I just want to ask you, if your dream came true, who would it benefit? 
But do you have a God-sized dream? Do you have a dream that involves seeing the kingdom of God expanded? Because I'm not a hellfire and brimstone teacher, but I do have to tell you what it says in the Bible. I have to tell you the truth. And what the Bible says is that it is appointed once for us to die. And after that comes the judgment. And you are all going to die. (laughs) As am I. We are all going to die. And after that, we are going to stand before the judgment seat of God, before the judgment seat of Christ. And he will judge us. That's what the Bible says. So he's offering you this free gift of salvation, this free gift of fulfillment and, and purpose and all of this. And he's saying today, please open the gift. Open it up. You know, when we came to Utah, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I, <laughs> there's this lady, and I used to deliver meals on wheels, and there was this sweet older lady, she was close to 100, and her name was Marie, and she was raised in the local faith, and she was the sweetest lady, and I loved her so much, and I had such a heart for her, and one day I went over there, And I knew that she was about to die. And so I wanted to share the gospel with her, which is that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us is separated from God because of our sin. But Jesus Christ became human, dwelt among us, and went to the cross. He lived a perfect life. He went to the cross and paid the penalty for our sins so we can be reconciled with our maker. And he is coming again to judge the living and the dead. And so I'm sitting there talking to Marie and I just love this woman. And I said, I said, Marie, are you ready to meet Jesus? Are you ready to meet your savior? Now remember, she was raised in the local faith and she said, oh, I sure hope I've done enough. And I said, oh, Marie, there's absolutely no way you have. She just kind of looked at me. (laughs) And I said, Marie, our righteousness is as filthy rags. I said, there's no way any of us could do enough. We can't earn our salvation. We can't do enough things. It's a free gift. He's offering a free gift to us. And I was able to share the gospel with her and pray with her to receive Jesus. And I believe she's going to be in heaven. I really do. And I believe there are many of you today. And the Lord is, I mean, your heart's kind of pounding. And you know that he's drawing you. And you you think that you got set up because whoever it was that invited you came and talked to me and said, okay, you need to say these things. No, that is not what happened. This is the Holy Spirit at work in you. And, and I believe the Holy Spirit is at work in other people who you, you call yourself a disciple of Jesus, but yet you haven't surrendered to him. You haven't lost your life for the sake of his kingdom. Your dreams are still about you. Your dreams are still self-centered. And he's saying, lose your life for my sake and you will find it. You know, the gift that Jesus gave was a gift of his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. And it says that he is called the counselor and the helper and the intercessor and the advocate and the comforter. I love that one. You know, 
yesterday, um, so as I mentioned, my husband passed away. This will only be my second Christmas since he died. And yesterday, I just um, tanked in the morning. Like, I just, I just got bowled over by a wave of grief. And I just thought, I can't, I can't do this. I can't go on. I don't mean, I'm not talking about suicide. I'm not talking about ending my life. But I just, I was so overwhelmed. But I remember the verse, it says, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. And I'm telling you that without that, I I don't know how people make it. I don't know how people grieve. I don't know how people go through hard times without him because he is my only hope. And he has come to offer that hope to each and every one of us, to offer us that hope that we can be fulfilled, that we don't have to live lives of mediocrity. We don't have to keep the bar low. We can, we can raise the bar and let him raise the bar so much so that there's no way we can get over it without his help, without the Holy Spirit. There's no way we will ever embrace everything he has for us without the Holy Spirit. And he wants to give us that gift today. It says, it says in the Bible, he came to save the people from their sins. That's his superpower. That's a pretty massive superpower. And you know what? He knew that we couldn't, like Marie, we couldn't do enough. We couldn't work our way to him. We could never be good enough because sin separates us from God. And because of that, because we can never do enough, instead of us having to work our way for him, he came to us. He came and stooped down for us. He came and was born in a stable with a bunch of dung. And he wants to come into our dung. (laughs) And he wants to clean us up. He wants to save each and every one of us and make us clean and pure in his sight so that we can be used for his glory. And ask the worship team to come back for up here. You know, it says in, in Isaiah, it said that the people were walking about in a great darkness, but they have seen a great light. And it is said of Jesus that he is the light. He is the light of the world. Jesus is the only light and the light shines brightest in the darkness. And that's why I'm saying, even though in your circumstances or in this world today, things can be really dark, but Jesus wants to shine the light of truth in that darkness. Father, we just come into your presence. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the light, that you came into this world, Lord, to save your people from their sins. You came to give us a hope and a future. You came to give us purpose. Lord, you came to define who we are, not through our shame and not through our guilt and not through our sin, but you came to define us according to how you created us. You, our creator, are the blessed giver, and you love to give good gifts to those who know you, Lord. Would you stand as we sing this? Lord, we pray, God, that your spirit would be here, Lord. Work in the lives and the hearts of those who are far from you, Lord. Pour out your spirit, Jesus.